Hello and welcome to Info Black Archive, where we are looking at some predictions. What do we think will happen? Will we be proven wrong? Almost certainly, yes, we will be proven wrong for the next episode of Doctor Who Power of the Doctor. It is the finale of Chimnall's reign. Jodie Wicker will be leaving us by the end of this episode and we will end up with a new Doctor. But who will she be regenerating into? Will it be David Tennant? Will it be someone else? Who knows? But we're here to discuss with absolutely no evidence of fact or any knowledge which you don't have. So, James, how are you? Hello, Owen. I'm good. It's interesting that you bring up who the Doctor will regenerate into, David Tennant or someone else, as if as if we don't know who the, the quote-unquote 14th Doctor is meant to be. I quite like the idea of it just being someone completely different that we haven't heard any speculation on. They go, yeah, just, just go with it. We're doing specials with them. That would be exciting. Yeah, because this this regeneration is going to be a little bit different. Because yes, we do know who the new fourth do- fourth fourteenth Doctor is, but based on what we know about our filming schedules and what has been filmed, David Tennant is taking for reigns again. So, the question I suppose is, I mean, for a start, we don't actually know that Shooty is the fourteenth Doctor. That's never been officially stated. It's been implied and it's been inferred, but they've never used the exact phrase Shooty Gatwick is the 14th Doctor. It's just Shooty Shooty Gatwick is the Doctor. You know, there is still a theory going around that David Tennant is going to also be the 14th Doctor and and we're not going to see the 10th Doctor as we knew him when he was on the show. Um, How long has it been now? It's 17 years ago since he started the, the first of his goes at this. So we don't we don't really know. It's definitely the most it's the most intriguing regeneration ever. There's no question yeah. about that because we really don't have any idea what's going to happen beyond the light. There there was something I read that apparently it's not taking place in the TARDIS. Yeah, because if you look at some of the interviews which we've got of not interviews, some of the trailers, screen grabs, we yeah. Can, we can see which is regenerating in some sort of pod. There's some rumours, which this is, I've completely forgotten what it's called, but it's an element of Doctor Who lore which has never been televised. It's the pod captures the regeneration energy and uses it for something else. That is the rumour. That is the theories. That that could be interesting. It's, I suppose this is one of those episodes as well where you've got, where you'll obviously have two writers really who need things to happen in the way they want it to. You have both Chibnall wanting to resolve his era in the way that he likes while also setting it up so that when Russell officially steps in, all of his puzzle pieces are in place for him to put yeah. together. So it, so it's going to be an interesting watch in terms of finding or even speculating after the fact what points are Chibnall's and where maybe Russell has had some influence to try and get things ready for what comes next, or whether it is just a hard ending and whatever happens afterwards is really just Russell's to do. I think from what I've read so far, Chim, um, Russ T. Davis wrote the end segment. I don't think it's going to be like, I can't say broadly, like for last fifth mm. will be, but I reckon like the last like five minutes of, going into regeneration, coming out of regeneration, I imagine will be some sort of mash of the two together to make sure which everyone knows where they are. 
That is the tradition on Doctor Who, is that the regeneration sequences... The, the rule has been, since the new series has begun in 2005, that after the regeneration, once the new face of the Doctor is visible, then the new writer writes from that point onward, and the old writer gets out at the point where the Doctor regenerates. Yeah. And that's always but the I've, last line that they get to write. I've got a feeling, based on how, as we've been saying, which is regeneration is going to be so much different to what we normally see, Russell T. Davis and Chibnall must be able, must have had some role in coordinating, Absolutely. particularly that last segment, because it's going to be so different. We don't want... Chibnall and Russell T. Davis don't want to... like Chibnall doesn't want to just go, here we go, enjoy, and Russell T. Davis doesn't actually know where he is. Absolutely is, not. They have had over a year to figure this out. Yeah. We have known Russell's been taking over for over a year, which is incredible to think. We've been waiting for this for a while. And I and I suppose now all we can do is, you know, aside from watching it on Sunday, speculate wildly with absolutely no factual basis. Which, which is, is why, why we're here. We're here. <laughs> so um, I think one of the main questions which I have about this. Because from watching all of the trailers and everything else, there are a lot of moving parts. We've got Cybermen, we've got Daleks, we've got the Master, we've got Ace, we've got Tegan, we've got Yaz, we've got the Doctor. Now, Chibnall is well known for not being able to deal with having lots of things going on at once. Will he fall into his normal trap for his last episode, do you reckon? I I feel like I should be optimistic just because it is the last story and if Chibnall if Chibnall wants his era to be remembered more fondly than perhaps it has a right to be then if you do a really good final special episode that will go a long way so he understands I'm sure how much credit he can get in the bank if he creates a really good 90 minutes of television the issue is, is that it's being marketed really as the great big power of the Doctor extravaganza. Look at all of these things. And I just know it's going to be like, like when you go to the circus and there's, and you're just bombarded with thing after thing. Like, oh, here's a Dalek. Oh, here's a Sideman. Oh, Ace and Tegan are here now. And the question is, will it be cohesive? I'm not sure. I'd like to hope it is, but I'm not sure. <laughs> There's also been something else which people have noticed about the trailer and something which I purposely didn't include in my list of moving parts. Now, that is for lack of Dan. Dan doesn't seem to be around that often in this in this episode. No, and, and you... I think it's probably a minor thing. I think it's a minor role that he's in. Now, I've seen two suggestions. I want to get your view on each suggestion, really. Yeah, all right. Because right. Seen... The first one is that he is on some spoileristic plot point path with like some special guest star they don't want anyone to know about. So they're not showing any trailer footage of Dan with said guest star because that would spoil everything. Would be interesting. I'd be surprised if, if they if they had a guest star that was so special it was worth keeping them hidden. Then I then I don't understand why they would be out in the sub narrative. Because at that point you're just fan servicing, and it, and it's not going to do anything for the plot. I don't, I do not put that beyond BBC Studios, but I would be surprised if that happened. Now the other suggestion which I've seen is that they're going to shed off Dan quite early on, 
whether it be because they didn't know what to do with a character or whether John Bishop needs to go off to do other things. He like is only there for the first 10 or so minutes and this goes off on his own, does his own thing, so to speak, to try to keep that baggage to a minimum, even though we're already carrying the biggest fucking suitcase of characters you can possibly imagine. <laughs> that might make the most sense, really, because I think the way Flux went, I don't really ever imagine that Dan was intended to go beyond this. I always had a feeling that if, let's say if COVID doesn't happen and Flux became a full series of multiple stories as opposed to what they were able to produce with mm. what they were able to do at, at the time... I imagine Dan would have been a one series companion. We'd have had his arc happen. And then it would be like, well, that were all good. Uh, and then, you know, he goes. But because they haven't had the opportunity to resolve it, I sense they're now having to do that now and having to find a way to stuff that in amongst everything else. So it would make sense if they have to, to, to get it done with quick. So we've talked about for baggage, what could happen with Dan, but what, what do we think the story entails? Uh, you would you would think that if the Doctor and Yaz's relationship wasn't at the centre, then that would be a huge missed opportunity when you consider how much effort's been put into building that up with Flux and then the two specials that we had earlier in the year. That's, yeah. de- that's definitely the route that I think they're going on. And that would be the centre of the story and then... All of this stuff is happening around it, but like that's the core. If they stick to that as a core, might have a good story there. But if they do that, how do they have enough time for yeah, the um, Ace, Tegan, Dyke, Cyberman, Master? My God, it's the longest list of people. The, the answer is probably very little. Y- you... I think because we've had it for so long that everyone's known Ace is going to be in it, Teen's going to be in it. We've all built it up in our heads to be like, oh, they're really going to be fully fledged. Like they're going to be in the TARDIS and be doing all the fighting. And the answer is, I, I highly doubt it. I don't think they'll be in there for more than 10 minutes. I've got a thing which the master won't be in there that much either. Because in an interview, Chibnall said something along the lines of Sasha, Sasha was also preoccupied with, built, with filming something else. So they had to try to make it work. Now that suggests to me which the master isn't going to be in there for that long either. I imagine what will be happening is the master is orchestrating. That that would make a lot of sense. And that he's sort of the behind the scenes because that's kind of his thing. Yeah, that's that's his history. That's his history from his character origins all the way back, going all the way through Doctor Who's history. He tends to be the one with a (laughs) master plan. No, oh, that really, yeah, that's bad. Uh, but it, yeah. but it's fitting. <laughs> so he'll probably be manipulating things, and the Dalek Cyberman angle. I think there's two ways that goes. Either they come in right at the end, and they're part of like the Master's Great Alliance, and they just sort of fly mm. in. Alternatively, they're the they're the thing at the start, and and the Doctor and Yaz, and maybe Dan if he's there slash unit and Ace and Tegan. My God, are trying to work out what the motivation behind those things is and then that's your story now i think which the main villains will be the side men that's my hit and no, nothing to hint to go for this solidly but they've also got back i've completely forgotten his name the side man who was like half constructed oh yeah but, but we've got him coming back as well 
So that makes me think which the Cybermen are potentially going to be the villain of the piece, so to speak. Yeah, well, that would, and- that would lean into the previous stories. It would be preferential to Chibnall's previous stuff. So that's that's obviously a plot thread they want to resolve. There's like a revenge narrative that would make sense to make the Cybermen the key. But I do sense the master will be the key. Like I just have yeah, a feeling yeah. that he'll be leading everything. You might see more of the Cybermen on screen, but they'll be yeah. working and for I, or working with. And I don't know why. I've got a funny feeling the Daleks are just going to be sort of like lurking Thrown in there the because background. Daleks. Because think through the stories which we've had of with Jodie's character. They've never really been a centerpiece of any of the stories they've had compared to the Cybermen. Yeah. I mean, we've had, we've had Dalek stories. Yeah. But they've always been sort of like isolated on their own. <laughs> yeah. Like we had the new year's special, uh, back at the, right at the start of 2021, things like that. But yeah, you're right. I think that there's been a big problem and this is not just related to Chibnall, but this is more down to Moffat as well towards the end of his tenure that Doctor Who has forgotten what to do with the Daleks. I think I think they've really lost their way with the Daleks. To be fair, I think Chibnall has done well with the Daleks, but I don't think they've played a big enough role in his era to... They've got no connection to either the Timeless Child plot point or the Flux plot plot point, which I feel like will be tied up here. Yeah. Whereas the Cybermen are directly linked now to the Timeless Child storyline. Yeah, which gives them much more of a reason. I imagine that someone at the BBC told Chris Chibnall that you can't do a Doctor Who special, particularly for the BBC's anniversary, which is after all why this is happening, um, and the celebration of the BBC's 100th, which is wonderful, and thank God we have a public service broadcaster, unlike countries that rely entirely on advertising television. Um... What that means is someone at the BBC was said, well, if we're doing a special and we're giving you all this money, you can't not put a Dalek fleet in there. And I do get that because yeah. they are incredibly iconic. I just think what that will mean is that the Daleks are there for not much of a reason and they're just going to be thrown in there because you can't it's, have a Who special without Daleks. I think it's just going to be a cameo. I have to be honest with you. I don't yeah, see Yeah, it how won't they, be long. I don't see how they can manage having free main baddies in even a 19 minute story let's be honest it's only an extra half an hour yeah this is not if it was if you're talking about a feature length film i mean 90 minutes i suppose is but but realistically if you're all about marvel films as the comparison then that's two hours minimum yeah i so this is not going to be or Chibnall's not going to have the opportunity to get all of this stuff done in as much attention and with as much time as I think everyone wants, because that's just the nature of it. You know, in Avengers Endgame, they had to take out half the cast just to make that story even semi-work, and that's two and a half hours. So that's kind of the stuff you have to deal with when you're a scriptwriter. You only have a certain number of pages and all of these characters and all of these storylines to fit. I suppose the real question, and the thing I'm most interested in is, how will Chibnall resolve all of the story threads he has created, whether they are accepted or slightly more controversial? I think he has to somehow, I don't know how he will, I feel like he has to find a satisfying conclusion for Timeless Children plot. Yeah, there has to be a resolution. 
because I, I I've always said which I don't mind the timeless children plot, but the issue is as he he essentially went to a fandom. Well, hey, timeless children plot now flux. We're not going to discuss it. We're not going to look into at any of the timeless children stuff. We're not going to look into it, how it affects the universe properly. We're just going to move on. Yeah, so it's we've had no point minimally. We we we've had no time to settle into that, and he hasn't allowed us to learn and adapt into it. Well, the, well, the thing that's incredible is that the, the the timeless the timeless child narrative has been hanging over Doctor Who now for over two years, mm. without any real attempt to even interrogate that episode. You know, and I think there's a lot of people who would think that that's one of the most controversial contentious doctor episodes ever maybe even the most i think the issue is is that he never gave the timeless children plot point a purpose he just went this exists now deal with it yeah it really was just dropped wasn't it and now we've spent all this time wandering yeah and he never explained why it's important why we should care about it or anything like that it just kind of went you should now it's here Accept what it reminds it. me of was what happened when The Last Jedi came out mm-hmm. a few years ago. And that movie, which which I am a defender of certain elements of, did stir up a lot of people <laughs> because of how it seemed to rewrite the Star Wars mythos along what many people thought was like a woke angle. Personally, I think it's perfectly fine to write a lot of that angle, but you can see the similarities when you consider the reaction to the timeless children effectively rewriting the mythology of the doctor from scratch. Yeah. And basically doing away with the idea that, you know, one, two, three, four, all of the numbered doctors are even in that number and does it even matter? And, you know, they're just there, which is a bit ridiculous and very wishy-washy. And I've never liked the timeless children plot. I just hope that, if we're going to stick with it, if we're going to accept it's a thing and we have to move on with it, we at least give it a reason to exist. Yeah, because it's, it's much like, in much smaller scans, it's like the colourful Daleks. Oh, the colourful yeah. Daleks came in this mid-tier plot right at the last five minutes. <laughs> now, which would be all right, but we go introduce them. We get no reason to why they exist or why they're there. We just kind of get told, this for new diet design now. Yeah, that, that entire episode exists to redesign the Daleks, and then they never use that design again. Like, they needed to stick with it at least for a season or two. To see I actually if... like that design. Yeah, so I, know, I. I know that a lot of people prefer the, the, the Dalek design we've had all this time, and I really like that as well. But I also liked that. I thought they were both good. I thought maybe you could have... Daleks like that and Daleks like that. And maybe there's a difference or something. I don't know. But it felt a bit of a waste of time. You could have gone back down the route which Classic went into with the Daleks of how they had a civil war. Yeah. Have a civil war between the new and old times. Brilliant. But we just ne- never got given a reason for them existing. They which just got introduced. To me saying a few minutes ago how bad the problem has become. And this is what mm. it started from, actually. It was this episode. If I ever did a great big long Doctor Who essay like the five hour JXE one then that would be my you know Doctor Who and how not to deal with the Daleks Mm. because we've had 12 years of really shit Dalek episodes Asylum of the Daleks dog shit 
They just they, Scaro just comes back because why the fuck not? With no explanation, even though you know we're led to believe it was destroyed in something called the Time War, which apparently happened. And then every Dalek episode since then, they haven't felt like any sort of a threat. These are meant to be the scariest, you know, essentially mega space Nazis that you're ever going to meet. And they come across like cute, sort of like dodgem cars. And they're never treated any differently. Not even in Revolution of the Lights, where they tried to do this whole security thing. It just never came across that way. Now, just speed us up because this is a short... <laughs> clip yeah short <laughs> this is a short previewing one. previewing for next season rather than the Daleks, Dalek. another time um i think my final question which i've got for you is do you think it will be a good send-off for both for 13th doctor and chris chibnall and yaz i hope so i hmm. hope so i i i don't want to be in a situation come sunday night where we're 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 sitting down and we're recording it and as we're recording it we see twitter going absolutely berserk i don't want to have a controversial ending because you know the fact is we got a poor ending to flux yeah i did not like that episode if you listened to our um podcast on that if you haven't please give it a look it's one of the best ones i think we've done um it's mainly you and i just laying into the incoherent logic the lack of real story resolution and the rushed feeling that there were too many moving parts. And the thing is, all of the signs going into this episode are that that could happen completely mm. in repeat. So I'm hopeful, but I'm also pragmatic, and I know what Chibnall's form is for finales, and it's never been particularly good. Yeah, I mean, for Time as Children, one had the exact same problem going into it and had the exact same outcome. It was way too much stuff going into it, and we got left with some half-processed garbage. Yeah, and that could very well be the same thing. What I hope for is that Jodie gets enough opportunity or enough meat to eat, basically, that she gets to really act, that she gets to be emotional, give it the proper weight that it deserves, because she has been a good doctor. I think she is one of the highlights of what has been an admittedly not very good time for the series. And, uh, you know, the ratings reflect that, the critical reviews reflect that. But I don't think Jodie has really been criticised as much because she's put in a lot of effort and you can tell that she's enjoyed playing the character. Do you think then, much like Colin Baker, she'll be saved in the expanded universe? Would that be big finish comic books, expanded novels? I would I would like to think so. I think you could do a lot with 13 in the expanded mm. universe. We, you know, we really shouldn't forget that, although maybe it's tokenistic, she is the only female dots we've had. And there are opportunities to explore that angle if you wanted to go down that road. Alternatively, she could have a very, very long shelf life fighting Daleks just like everybody else, and nobody would complain. And I would be interested to see what they did with that character. I'd love to see what better writers, frankly, could do with that Doctor. So I just hope that no one comes away worse. I hope that they get out cleanly. They give enough fan service to make us happy. We enjoy everything coming back. And then... Perhaps most importantly, we see what's going on in this last 10 minutes. Because did you hear that at the, the premiere screening, they didn't air the final 10 minutes? They excised it. Like, it's not going to air until on Sunday night. Nobody has seen it. It doesn't surprise me because Chip, Chip knows a lot of things, but he's very good at keeping his episodes tight to his chest. Yeah, the, the twists he's pulled off are probably the best things he's done on the show. Like, the Joe Martin twist is great. Bringing Jack back 
you know, excising all of the issues the, with that was a brilliant the twist. A- the angel um, bloody cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. It's it, annoying it how they off. copped out of it, but it's great. It paid off terribly. But that cliffhanger for visuals, for writing going into it, they are just beautiful. And but, you have to say, right, if he can, he can do that episode, you know, they did that episode and it's great. It could be that. <clears throat> there is a good episode in Chris Chibnall. We've seen them. Hopefully yeah. it is that. Hopefully we're not disappointed. And let's face it, hopefully we're not really angry about the way this ends. Because, you know, I know I sound like the sort of person who enjoys a rant. And I kind of do in a macabre way. But I don't want to be ranting about Doctor Who because I bloody love this show and I want it to be good. It's why I care so much. Now let's bring this whole little preview prediction things to an end and get ready to prove ourselves wrong in the future. James, knowing what you know, give this story a score out of 10. <laughs> uh, what depend- do you think you think, what do you think you'll give this, this episode? Uh, I will give it five extra points if uh, Tenant no, comes in no, on screen. No, can I, need, I not I need use a, that? I need a serious I ten out of ten. Yes, you need to have a serious ten out of ten score for this episode, which you've never seen. Uh, I'm going to say that the first seventy-five minutes are meh and slightly overstuffed, but there's some good moments in it, and then it really kicks up in the final fifteen minutes, which is actually quite good. And, or at least exciting, maybe not good. It's exciting and you watch it and you enjoy it. There's a cool regeneration that we like. Something happens that we get surprised about and there's a cool twist. And then we're left in the murk of that speculating about what that means moving forward. And I'll, and I'll probably give it a six or a seven because I think the twist will be good and I'll feel happier about that. And it'll yeah. make everything that came before seem better. I'm going to give it a seven because I like to be disappointed. <laughs> Well, when you record a podcast with me, you you can tell. Uh, Disappointment central over here. And that brings our little discussion, our special episode, looking ahead on what we believe could happen on The Power of the Doctor, this new special broadcasting on Sunday. If you want to hear our full thoughts, our full first impression, you'll be able to catch us straight afterwards on Monday. But James, where can they find us if they want to tell us what their predictions are? Yes, if you want to chat to us about anything Power of the Doctor related, whether it's before the episode or after it airs when you're mad as all hell, then you can do that by getting in touch with us on Twitter. Our handle is Black Archive Pod. Uh, or if you prefer something longer form and based on Chibnall's form for finales, I sense you will, uh, that will be blackarchivepod at gmail.com. Make them long, make them angry, and I will greatly enjoy reading them in that sort of sadomasochistic way that we all read Doctor Who hate, as we've gotten used to. So, yep, so thank you very much for listening. Hope you'll join us on Monday. See you then. See you then, and good luck, Russell. The time has come. (laughs) Take it. Take it back to the good day.